Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 205th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Thanks for having me, Cam. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing well. It's always nice to have you join us to talk about Mizzou. Mm-hmm. I love love being here when I can. <laughs> wow. It's okay. August. Yes, it is. That's why I'm great, first of all. Mm. I'm always I'm usually great, but especially great. I'm like legitimately great. It's August. Football's upon us. We're gonna talk about real stuff. Yes. Fall camps here. Practices have begun. There's position battles. There's uh, coaches talking. It's almost time. It's almost time to preview the season, talk about the roster, all that stuff. Um, so we'll get into it. We'll start talking about camp and everything. But before we do, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review on the podcast platform that you listen to us on. And you can support us directly on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. And... Um, this is the time of year where I can tell everyone, send this, link this, share this with someone in your friend group or in your family that, you know, maybe a few months from now is going to be a little bit lost on what's going on with Mizzou football when we jump out to a 4-0 start. And, you know, you don't, wanna, you don't want your family and friends to be bandwagon fans. So get them tuned in now. We're going to preview the roster, the schedule. And everything so this is the perfect time to jump on board send this to someone we all know the relative at like thanksgiving or something that wants to engage in mizzou talk with you but they're just not you're, you're too deep in the culture yeah you're too deep they're not there yeah and it just becomes a very service level com- it's conversation it's so awkward whenever you know your relative your like kind of weird uncle is like they don't even have to be weird. They don't even have to be weird. Just somebody, they're like trying to have a conversation with you. They, they know you're a Mizzou fan, but they don't yeah. understand like right. how, you know, how much you love Mizzou and how right. much you know about it. Yes. And so you're just kind of like, they say something like really dumb and you're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but right. we'll see. You yeah. know, you do one of those. Yeah. You, just, you don't want to break it to them. Well, yeah. Let now, that person be educated. Yes. Get them in early and then you can have an actual meaningful conversation with them at Thanksgiving. Um... Kyle, I want to start with, uh, you did a poll on Twitter about uh, wide receivers. Yes. I just, I don't know. I just want to start with that. Yes. Uh, I'm afraid I'll forget. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me tell you the results after I tell you the question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get a little discussion going. Let's, let's start thinking about what's going to happen. You know, we don't know who's going to step up. Somebody just has to. But the wide receiver room has a lot of talent. And so I kind of wanted to get, I had a feeling this was going to go this way, but I wanted to get people's thoughts uh, on who leads Mizzou in receiving yards this year. And if anybody has a shot outside of these four guys, some, some uncles voted in this poll, a few uncles, but uh, with 53% of the vote, actually, I should tell you the options first. It's Luther Burden, Mookie Cooper, Toski Dove and Dominic Lovett. I feel like maybe Barrett Bannister has a shot. That's probably it. Um, outside of those guys, but um, Luther Burden has 53% of the vote. Mookie Cooper, 11%. Toski Dove, 14%. And Dominic Lovett, 22%. What are your thoughts? Um, switch the percentages of Dove 
and Luther Burden, and I think that's exactly correct. I'm on the. I'm You're on, on Team the, Dove. Uh, yeah, Toski Dove. Train. Okay. Uh, I think he's got the experience. I think he's going to be on the field all the time. I think that I'm giving too much away here. We are not really previewing the position, but um, off the top of my head, I like Dove, then love it. But I think honestly, one of those two is going to kind of demand targets in this offense Mm -hmm. and be the primary receiver. Yeah. I think as much as uh, as much hype as Luther Burden has and everything, I think he's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. It's just a true freshman coming in. I mean, Dominic Lovett last year was impressive for a true freshman. For sure. And that was with, you know, sketchy quarterback play down the stretch. Right. Um, I'd like to think that it could be Luther Burden, and it could be, but I think it's going to be someone with more experience. And then this time next year, we're talking about Luther Burden having a breakout season. Toski Dove, best hands on the team, yes or no? I think I think you could say that. Honestly, uh, as far as like hands as an ap- attribute for wide receivers, mm-hmm. I think we have really good pass catchers as far as just like going up and getting the ball, mm-hmm. making tough catches. I think, uh, I think Dove, Love It, and Luther Burden can, yeah. can like catch everything. Dark Horse, Chris Abrams Drain for best hands yeah yeah potentially yeah. he's make, made a lot of plays on defense he just, and is a special teamer yep used to be a wide receiver actually um i agree with you i th- i think it's toski dove as well um just super well-rounded and like i just said probably best hands on the team potentially definitely up there if he isn't the best um he's been around the program for a long time he's still a good sized receiver he's not a burner he's not gonna run past you but he's a good route runner and um he's kind of like sneaky athletic honestly mm-hmm. so uh i think luther burden is gonna pr- could challenge for sure and i wouldn't be su- surprised whatsoever if luther burden blows everybody away because um, i think he has that kind of ceiling potentially so yeah and those are the kind of questions we get to find out the answers mm. do pretty soon can't wait one of the there was a somebody in the replies saying that love it is going to be yes like uh known outside the state of missouri after this year yes and i think that's that's uh, a a de- very decent prediction Pretty. i would not be surprised at all if he's a, yeah. a breakout player yep he's gonna demand touches for sure um going back uh to some responses and stuff from our last couple episodes uh we had uh, quite a bit of engagement from the listeners and viewers so I wanted to touch on some of that. Um, going back two weeks ago when we did our ideal Mizzou football season, uh, we were talking about how it's kind of tough to figure out what, if, if you do a non-Power 5 team, who would you choose? And I went with Missouri State just for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shannon Kirk on YouTube said he suggested Northwest Missouri State, the D2 school, the D2 powerhouse. Powerhouse for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that would be interesting. I mean, I don't think they could hang with any Power 5 team in right. college football. Yeah. Uh, it would be a, an absolute disaster if that was even a close game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, why not? I yeah, mean, we were kind of talking about that earlier. Uh, you know, in basketball, you never know what's going to happen. Like, even, at, you know, a, a Power 5 team versus a – a D2 school or something. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, in football, you got way more physicality. There's 11 players on the field. You know, the, the games are longer. There's way more time to like for the good team to take over. Yeah, Missouri's winning that 
100 out of 100 times but you know so i don't think we have to worry about any upsets but that would be cool um just to you know show who's show who's in charge in the state yeah beat this d2 team now you're (laughs) really in charge uh but yeah that's where i was going with the missouri state pick as well for sure yeah that's a that's a good answer um then last week we talked about the m-i-z-z-o-u chant and uh how it manifests in public especially with strangers and um we got a couple we had several responses on youtube with some good stories of people uh, faltering when it was their turn to say z-o-u so thank you to everyone who replied with a similar story like that made us feel better uh, because of the times that we've messed that up um Ross uh, on YouTube said that uh, at game one this year, um, he's going to test our ZOU reactions. Mm, I'll be ready for it. We welcome it because we are going to be geared up for that uh, because we'll be in Columbia for game one. And then um, you asked about it on Twitter and got a bunch of responses. Yeah, I was like kind of shocked at how common it was for people just to have like really embarrassing moments with the M-I-Z-Z-O-U chant, and we're both right there with them. But, yeah, I wanted to read a couple. I mean, there was probably 30 or 40 responses of, of pretty great stories. But um, one kind of common theme was uh, just, like, random impersonator logos of you oh, know, sure. high schools and stuff like that. So Fall Camp M-I-Z on Twitter says, A high school in Southern California uses the Tiger Oval logo. I saw a dad and son wearing it on a hat and shirt, said M-I-Z to them, and they looked at me like I was on crack. Mm-hmm. Had to quickly walk over to the other side of the grocery store. So that's pretty funny. Definitely an embarrassing moment in public for sure. Yeah. And I feel like the Missouri Tiger logo has been copied and oh, yeah. tweaked just a little bit. Especially mm-hmm. here in Missouri. Especially in Missouri, oh, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Vince on Twitter says that he was vacationing in Savannah, Georgia last summer and was caught off guard when a lady yelled M-I-Z after she passed by me, I forgot that I was wearing a shirt that literally had Mizzou on it. I hesitated and answered back, you bet. <laughs> what a shame I displayed. Oh, that is that is it, though. That is the quintessential mm, how it goes. story for M-I-Z-Z. You're never prepared for something like that. Like It's something that you got to do really quickly, and you're just, I don't know. And I feel like most of the time, the M-I-Z person, you know, they see your shirt or hat or whatever, and even if it's pretty quick... They're, they're like, oh, there's a Mizzou fan. Yeah. I'm going to say M-I-Z. Yeah. That's all the time you need to like, be prepared for the interaction. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't prepared for it. Yeah. If you yeah, if you're, have never had an embarrassing moment with that, and like you've just answered back Z-O-U to somebody in public, then you have some next level, I don't know, wit or something. You have some well, powerful brain. Um, Michael Hart on YouTube, that's him. Because he says, if you don't say Z-O-U, you are not a Mizzou fan. Oh, okay. So I guess this will be the last episode of this podcast because <laughs> we're not Mizzou fans and neither are most of the people that uh, replied to your tweet Even or like accidentally. commented on YouTube. Okay. So, That's tough standards, but yeah. I understand. I, maybe he's right. Yeah, he's got a point. All right. Let's get to the hard-hitting news. Um before we get into fall camp stuff i did have a couple basketball things it's been hard to there's just been a flurry of recruiting activity and um so many offers going out i wanted to uh spotlight a few like final uh groups of teams that a few guys are deciding on um mizzou made the final four for a guy who just today picked georgia tech he was a uh, favorite to go there uh crystal balls had him going to georgia tech 
So that's over, but uh, Mizzou also made the final eight for a four-star forward out of California named Jazz Gardner. He also had uh, Kansas, Dayton, and Texas Tech, among others, in his final eight. Uh, Missouri made a final six for Jordan Burks, a three-star forward from Kissimmee, Florida. He also had Mississippi State, Texas Tech, and Ole Miss and the G League in his final list of schools. Kissimmee, Florida. <laughs> Kissimmee, he Kiss- said. <laughs> Uh, I almost was going to let it slide, but yeah. I just had to say something. And I looked at you right when you were like giving him a look. Um, <laughs> you said it pre-show, too. And kiss we, me. We, did, well, we, <laughs> we didn't correct you then. We just <laughs> let you roll with it. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks for uh, looking out for me there. Um, he's listed at 6'6", uh, some places, but also 6'10", other places. So who knows? 6'6", so six, six and 6'10", is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's tall. Yeah. Uh, so we Mizzou basketball in the mix for lots of guys, lots of four-star, top 100-type players. Very fun. Very uh, exciting. The recruits from the state of Missouri this year, it's a little weird. It's like all Link Academy. And they're, even there, there's barely. some guys that are from Missouri, Yeah, but most are not. It barely qualifies. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I before fall camp, Missouri got a commit. Missouri football got a commit from three-star cornerback from Florida. I don't know if he's from Kissimmee or not. Shamar McNeil. Yeah. He had no other Power 5 offers. Yeah, this is uh, maybe one of those slow burners for sure. Uh, good measurables, long arms, tall. Um, plays at a really uh, a lot of talent at his high school. A lot of good players come out of, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but um powerhouse high school program for sure that was bad timing on me taking a drink of water oh that's okay everybody has to drink water um stay hydrated it's hot out there that's right uh let's get into fall camp that's what everybody wants to hear about that's what we're here for um start us wherever you want fall camp it's underway it's underway we've been Uh, hearing from the coaches yeah some updates on personnel uh there's updates on Who's available? Who's not? Yeah, so far, like, I feel like every year there's, like, uh, this when fall camp opens, you know, coach will give some injury updates and stuff that we haven't heard about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been kept, you know, um, close to the vest for a while. And, um, but this, I feel like normally there's, like, a couple of bad things that are, like, okay, so-and-so had surgery last month on a, on his shoulder. He's going to be out for such and such time. but. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we we almost kind of have some like the opposite going on this year. Where yeah, knock on wood, it's like some positive news. Um, but the one negative thing that he did, that Coach Drink did talk about is uh, the transfer center from Buffalo, Vince Polger, was ruled ineligible. They appealed and were denied. So I think it's just this year he's not able to play. But um, sounds like Connor Tollison is probably almost certainly going to be the starter. And Connor Tollison is, he was a pretty highly rated recruit from the state of Missouri. I think he's just a redshirt freshman, potentially. He's really young. Obviously, you don't like to see this happen with Polger, considering there's a good chance he was going to win the job this year and, you know, provides that experience. But in a weird way, it's, you almost kind of like just to see the young, talented guy win the job his, you know, this early in his career. And he's probably got that locked down for four years, potentially. 
Coach did mention Drake Heismeyer mm -hmm. potentially as in competition for that spot. Yep. I'm making a formal prediction that's that's Tolleson, but Eismeyer will definitely be in there for sure. All right, give us some good news then. <laughs> uh, okay, so injury-related, uh, there's no restrictions for Isaac Thompson. Uh, he tore his ACL last fall, uh, missed pretty much all of his senior season, uh, but it looks like he's not wearing a brace or anything like that on his knee, and it's just going full go, so that's great. Um, still don't know, you know, what... If he's at 100% yet or not, but it sounds like he's he doesn't seem too worried about the injury and is putting it behind him. Uh, another pretty good note is Hiron White was in uniform this week in practice. And, you know, we knew that he has kind of been struggling with injuries. He has kind of battled injuries on and off his entire career at Missouri, but is really talented when he's in there. Great um, offensive tackle. And uh, I thought there was a chance that he could miss significant time with his shoulder injury this year, could potentially even miss the whole year. I think they even added uh, some, some depth in the offseason just in case, but it looks like he is going to maybe still miss a little bit of time but come back a lot sooner than, than maybe some of us thought. I've been definitely in my head, I've been concerned about depth at the, on, all, all along the offensive line. So we need everybody that we can have there. Um, okay, so a couple of like positional things. Uh, f true freshman Jamarion Wayne is uh, a he came in as a wide receiver from Parkway West and uh, high school in St. Louis. Uh, he is now going to be a safety, and I don't know if that's a long term change, but it sounds like he's going to be playing safety this year at least. Coach, uh, Coach did say uh, they will. This is a one year thing for now. They'll revisit it next year. Yeah. So super athletic guy. Honestly, man, I was excited for him to play wide receiver, but if he's going to help us at safety, then I'm all for that. He's 6'3", really athletic um, guy for sure. So he can. he's kind of the uh, Jalen Carlisle build a little bit, like pretty tall, like big guy that can. Um, that's really athletic. He was a four-star recruit out of high school. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe speaks to the depth i mean definitely speaks to the depth that wide receiver that oh, yeah. we have and um you know that's often a, a place you know obviously wide receivers transitioning to defensive backs is more common than the other way around mm -hmm. but uh safety is definitely a spot where we don't have as much depth as wide receiver yeah so and you definitely want your defensive backs to be able to have good hands like yeah. Abrams drain he's a, yeah he's a huge threat in the defensive backfield because he will just pick you off like he's a great athlete with good hands knows what it's like to track down the ball or you know run routes and that kind of stuff and Jamarian Wayne is no different yeah I feel like if uh if we had like known he was going to be a safety all along and we like landed a four-star in-state safety I would be like over the moon with that you know a adding another wide receiver was not as mm -hmm. special to me personally because we have so many wide receivers mm -hmm. but uh just changing that to a safety i don't know makes me excited for the future because stacking guys that are highly touted coming out of high school at positions of need is not something we've seen in the last yeah. three years yeah it's kind of weird like somehow those like skill guys are like less exciting almost than just like just give me that stud like defensive end or Ooh, something or yeah. you know i don't know yeah um a positive note on Mookie Cooper. Coach Drinkwood said that he had one of the best summers on the team. That's great to hear. You love to hear that. Yes. Um, and last thing, 
Uh, definitely not important at all. You know, just a just a small quarterback note. Mm. Uh, Brady Cook and Tyler Macon have been running with the ones in practice, um, just at least to start off. So I don't know what that means. I'm assuming that still means that anybody can still win the job, but uh, they're going to have to come and earn it. Yeah. So where we sit right now at quarterback is those two guys running with the ones. Uh, Sam Horn earned his jersey number. He'll be number 21 in college. He was 21 in high school. And uh, Abraham does not have a number. He's still a walk-on, but is right there in the mix to win the starting job. Yeah. So this is... It's going to be a long month of August while we wait. It's not very common that you have a quarterback battle with four players in the mix. Like, realistically, probably three players or maybe even two. But legitimately, they're saying any of these four guys can win it. And I feel like normally you're talking about position battles or quarterback battles. You're talking about two guys that are really close and they're going at it. But we've got all four. It's probably not a good thing, honestly, but we're just in a – we're in a unique situation where any of those four guys are probably capable and probably any of them could legitimately win the job. Yeah. And I feel like Tyler Macon is the guy that kind of gets forgot about a little bit and probably is the least likely of the guys to win the job, maybe. But if you if all four of those guys played to the best of their ability, like played at their ceilings, like uh, Sam Horn's probably the best. But Tyler yeah. Macon is easily top two of yeah. those four guys. Like if they're playing at their ceiling – Tyler Macon is really, really good. Yeah, I, I went back and w- re-watched the um, spring game this week, specifically trying to compare a Cook and Macon a little bit. And the first half, I thought Macon is, like, clearly fourth in this quarterback battle. I mean, he has to be, just based on how he looked in the first half of the spring game. And he was re- reverting to, like, sidearm throw too often and just wasn't super accurate but then in the second half he was throwing the ball down pushing the ball down the field more was really accurate with some deep throws throwing the ball over the middle accurately and i was like i don't know maybe maybe there is something here Mm -hmm. and uh both quarterbacks threw an interception i think in the spring game and had moments where they didn't look that great so uh it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens yeah uh, we, we talk about it every week but yeah well that georgia game last year i mean that's pretty much an impossible standard to compare them against but i feel like they both had their moments against a literal nfl defense yeah. uh and so, you know tyler macon i'm not sure he had ever seen a snap against like a non-fcs program before the georgia game yeah and he comes in again you know they've got 10 nfl players on their starting defense and he showed flashes in that game like he was really fast athletic was uh checking down like when he needed to and like at the end of the game you know obviously not much to lose when you're down by 40 points at the end of the game but he had some great like down the field throws to Toski Dove and mm-hmm. so I don't know you know he's got a big arm and he can he can move really well so I think I speak for a lot of the fan base when I just when I say that there's worry that we will squander this elite receiving core yep with poor quarterback play and i think that's kind of in the back of everybody's mind and that's probably in the back of the coach's mind too they don't want to make the wrong call here Uh, coach drink was asked in a press conference about um playing two quarterbacks yep and he 
like he has been all along with any question about quarterbacks, was very noncommittal and said, uh, if we think playing two quarterbacks gives us the best chance to win, we will. If we think one guy gives us the best chance, we'll go with him. Yep. So, I don't know. He's not letting anything slip yeah. as far as hints, except tweeting about cooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's made, like, two different cook, indirect cooked references. Yeah. Okay. Well, one last question. Okay. Over, under, four and a half games, Sam Horn, does he see action in over, under, four and a half games? I think I hammer the under there. Okay. I think they will – I think it would have to get really bad really quick for them to opt to burn his red shirt. Okay. I think they would love to get him in a little bit um, in blowouts, but retain the red shirt. And I think they would love to still end this season with the possibility of him starting – three seasons and going pro four seasons at Mizzou if possible yep yeah I think best case scenario uh Brady Cook gets us to seven eight wins this year Sam Horn plays in three or four games and some blowouts and gets you know gets his feet under him and we move forward to Sam Horn next year that's I think that's probably what most Mizzou fans would gonna abandon Brady Cook if he wins eight games this year yeah I think so (laughs) (laughs) I think so okay okay that would um, be that would be interesting. That would be I, that's legitimately a scenario. I haven't th- I have all the moments that we yeah. have sat here thinking about this quarterback battle. That's on, honestly one s- situation I have not thought about is if what if the quarterback that plays this year ends up being really good? Yeah. And what do we do next year? In an ultimate best case scenario, I think you're right. And then, but then, uh. Sam Horn is only start in a in an ultimate best case scenario. Sam Horn's only starting two seasons and leading Missouri to a ten win season and I suppose then going on to the NFL as a redshirt sophomore after his redshirt sophomore season. Yeah, I suppose that's ideal. Yeah, but we got uh, Johnson waiting. Jabari Johnson. Yep, he'll be ready to take the reins. We've just planned it all out. We're just, just really in the future. Do here. that. Yeah, Mizzou. What? Just do that. Why can't you do that? Everything will be fine. Uh, was there anything else from coaches or any uh, news conference nuggets that we're forgetting? Yeah, um, there's just a few things from a couple interviews I want to touch on, and you know, we'll we're gonna break down the rosters here in the next few weeks, and so maybe some of this stuff we'll go into more. But just wanted to say a couple of highlights from these interviews uh bush hamden was is the quarterbacks coach um just keeping the theme of the quarterbacks here uh i kind of alluded to this a minute ago but he was asked if it's fair to say that the new guys uh jack abraham and sam horn kind of have to take the starting job if they were to win the starting job is it fair to say they have to kind of take it Mm -hmm. from brady cook and uh tyler macon and he said yeah i think that's that's fair to say they've they gotta earn it and uh they're not going to just be given playing time and it's you know these guys are kind of entrenched they've been here a while and yeah gonna have to take it from them it's, i mean anything there sounds like brady cook sounds like brady cook uh blake baker was interviewed he's the defensive coordinator uh we've kind of talked about this but kind of confirmed that they're gonna kind of stick to what they were running last year that was working well um, that's kind of the four-two-five base defense with so that's two linebackers and kind of a hybrid uh 
position that's like a mix between a linebacker, like an outside linebacker and a safety. Mm-hmm. So he mentioned Martez Manuel will probably play there. Um, also mentioned uh, Dalen Carnell and Tyler Jones as guys that could uh, factor in. I think they're calling it a star position. Mm-hmm. So the the hybrid. So I think that's kind of interesting. So five defensive backs, essentially. I mean, we've got good defensive backs. Might as well play as many of them as possible. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I think we probably could have told you this already, that last year, whenever the defense was imploding completely, that was not a talent issue. That was simply guys not understanding the scheme, not trusting each other, trying to, you know, just not understanding their role within the defense. I mean, that's just – it sounds – very simple but every defensive player has a very specific role in every play and if they are not where they need to be that's all it takes is for a huge run to to break loose yeah you only need one guy not where you know in the wrong position or reading the play incorrectly and it seemed like the first half of the season every single play there was three or four guys it was the worst run defense i've ever seen at any level i think in some of those games well when you mentioned that he's just gonna run it back with the same scheme and everything as last year that i said what was working what was working well i was like yeah just take anything from the second half of the season yeah i mean clearly like these guys are talented players they're this is they're not this bad talent wise like they're just do they just mentally were not understanding where they needed to be at the right time and it just took half the season for them to kind of understand where they needed to be and trust each other the coaching staff though you can't afford to i mean that's a waste of half a season almost throwing the season away because if you have the second half defense all season long we probably have two more wins easily yep yeah that boston college game we almost won that and we couldn't stop anything yeah that's just one example yeah kentucky yeah same thing had some good had some lucky bounces in that game but yeah uh, okay, that's pretty much it with uh, some of those interviews. We'll dive into that stuff maybe more in a, in a couple of weeks and really uh, talk about petition battles and who's going to start and all that and all mm. who the sleepers and breakouts are going to be. Mm. Uh, I just wrote down like a couple of general observations from <laughs> general observations from um, camp and some thoughts on how everything's going, um, just based on some quotes and that kind of stuff. But it just, I just think Coach Drinkwitz has done a lot of introspection this off season, at least it seems like, and he realizes like some of his mistakes he made last year and maybe not all of that is his fault with how the offense just completely broke down, you know, in the second half of the year. But it just sounds like, you know, he's taken the blame. He's has said he wants to, you know, make better play calls and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, he, he has made s- several specific references to wanting to be more explosive uh, literally referring to last year as them getting in a bunker mentality, just trying to get ahead and keep a lead and just losing leads like that. Just just trying to... He, he called it outlast the other team. Yeah, yeah. just limps to the finish line. Yeah. And that's just, you can't you can't have that mentality at this level of football. Yeah, I mean, I thank goodness he's been able to reflect on that and make changes moving forward because yeah. we talked about it several times last year during the season like what is going on with this ultra conservative play calling yeah where it looks like you have zero trust in your quarterbacks even the guy who we thought was the guy to start the season Connor Bazelak he played more like a normal quarterback 
most of the time, but still there were some questionable, just like scared acting play calling. Yeah. And, uh, and then it got noticeably worse when Brady Cook or Tyler Macon came into the game. And then once we got behind, it was like impossible to, to catch up. Yeah. But I'm almost just thinking that this year, maybe early on in the season, they're they're going to be. I'm guessing they're going to be kind of experimental. They're going to try some try some things. They're going to probably try and get the ball down the field as much as they can. Make, take some some deep shots down the field. Uh, they're going to let these wide receivers make plays. That's for sure. They have to be looking at the depth and skill level of their wide receivers, and you have to count on being able to find mismatches in the opposing defense like the if the offensive line can hold up just a decent amount these wide receivers will be able to get open one of them will be able to get open yeah against most defenses yeah just keep feeding them the ball give them like don't be results oriented after you know a couple of plays that maybe don't go as well as you think like yeah. just or a quick keep trying out it. or something yes yeah um okay so that's that's exciting feels like uh coach Shinkwitz is uh you know I, I appreciate that he is in the position he's in making the money he's making and still not a- afraid to admit that he has a lot of room to improve he's finally on the same page as us from last year <laughs> yeah, exactly uh okay so one thing that it seems like guys in interviews have been pretty open about is that morale seems really high and i know that's kind of like a classic summer you know preseason thing but I really think I'm like buying into this. Like it seems like there are there were some problem guys in the locker room last year, and I'm just gonna f- say that flatly. Like mm-hmm. there were some dudes that were causing issues and causing divisive situations in the locker room, and those guys are no longer there. And it's almost like these guys just have like a, fr- a breath of fresh air. That um, it seems like all these guys are kind of rowing the boat the same way. Almost all of the players on the team are have been recruited by Drinkwitz and are kind of like see that vision. I kind of think that's just like something that gets swept under the rug a lot sometimes in in sports because there's so much turnover in like coaching staffs and stuff. But I think that's something that we don't think about very much is that a lot of these players, like when there's a coaching change, they're not recruited by the current staff when there's a new staff that comes in and that can cause a lot of problems. And, you know, when the guy that recruited you is no longer here, you may not have anybody going to bat for you anymore. And it's just different. And I think that that, kind of happened it just takes a couple years to to shake some of the guys out of the program and it sounds like that's kind of finally happening happening this summer and that uh obviously when you have anything like that even remotely associated with the quarterback position it becomes kind of obvious like to the point where fans were able to see the team react you know at that time we were like maybe is that in our heads like seeing the defense like get really hyped for Brady Cook making a play like are we imagining that or does it seem like the team is you know yeah. into him being in the game I don't think that was an imagination yeah. thing at all I think that was real well hopefully we're past all of that and the reports from camp hold up yeah. and morale stays high throughout the season for sure and yeah just yeah just wait till we lose a game you never right? know yeah <laughs> but for now it genuinely um seems like uh that it's an authentic like comments a lot of people making that same comment that yeah. that things are better this summer than they've ever been uh and then one more thing i'll mention is it just kind of feels like coach feels comfortable with his personnel more so this offseason than he has in the past like 
he's almost felt like desperate in previous seasons just like thinking about like if i have one injury at this position we are screwed yeah and it feels like depth is a little bit better this time around he feels a little it seems like he feels a little more comfortable with the personnel they've got in the room yeah he commented on it being much more of a next man up mentality or situation this year versus previous seasons yeah where like you said that we haven't had the depth and, and they, we literally had a quarterback switch to safety like mid-season or yeah. something like that yeah. yeah yeah hopefully we won't do that again <laughs> right which quarterback on the roster could most easily switch to safety probably Macon. I, yeah, I uh, on my seven on 17 last year i think Macon was playing some linebacker or something so yeah i could see uh I could see Sam Horn uh, bulking up and playing defensive end, maybe. Man, I, he he looks big. I've yeah. seen him out in the practice field. He's bigger than I was thinking, like, in a good way. He's tall and yeah. looks athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't look uh, skinny like no. most incoming freshmen look. Earned his number, 21, number 21. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dominic Lovett is – I don't remember what number he is. Seven, uh, seven I think. Seven, good job. Thanks. So it sounds like camp is going well so far. No injuries yet or anything like that. Don't Knock say on that. Don't say that. Um, good vibes all around. That's nice to hear. <laughs> I was about to say love it again. <laughs> um, all right. So before we close this out, I do want to run everybody, run down the schedule of the next few weeks with everybody just so you know what to expect. Uh, next week, we're going to recap last year a little bit and just kind of refresh our memories of some of the storylines and um, events from last year. And then we're going to preview this year's players starting with the offense. Um, And we we may throw special teams in there as well. But we'll preview offense next week. Then the following week we will preview the defense and do our 7-on-7 draft. Then the following week we will run down the entire schedule, give our uh, preview and predictions for each game. And then it's game week. It's go time. And we will be there in Columbia for game one. We'll preview that game earlier in the week, and we'll do our first week of SEC Pick'em plus Nebraska. We're not forgetting that this year. No. <laughs> Last year, we were like, oh, week one, a bunch of non-conference nonsense. Oh, there's some decent matchups. Oh, there's some good There's some good games. We need every week we can get because last year we got beat by our own listeners. Yes, if you want to uh, pick some of those games against us, you can do so by joining the Patreon. Yep. And right here, 2021, the champion was Patreon guest pickers. We are determined Still to mad. not <laughs> let that happen again. A couple of incredible performances from a few of our listeners that we're going to have to shut that down this year. Yeah, that was all luck, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, special thank you to those patreon supporters these ones are at the ten dollar level and above brit treese brian smith ryan demore tristan ben smith parker daddy jd lewis hernandez tim keens tyler harsel brandon garofalo and brandon hanks thank you thanks guys you can find this podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts. we're on twitter at mizzou sports pod and you can email us at missouri sports pod at gmail.com you can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop like this guy. Ooh, look at that sticker. Like uh, com. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. M-I-Z. See you.